Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. If you're making tapestries and want to have the warp running more or less parallel to the floor, you're going to want a low warp loom. Unfortunately, we've only got high warp looms here in the Doom Room. I'm Alex, <laughs> and I'm doomed. Wow. The Alec doing a victory, Alex doing a victory lap and throwing in two ooms, <laughs> eating up a very limited supply of ooms we have left yeah, exactly. here in this. Um, it's starting to give off a scent that I wish was a different flavor of perfume. Oh! I'm doing, welcome to the Doom Room. Oh, boy. I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about Doom Patrol Season 3, Episode 2, Vacay Patrol. Vacay! <laughs> so... <laughs> Man, I could use a vacay. That was, that was beautiful, guys. <laughs> Thank you. I feel like so, we should be jumping into a car for a road trip after that. <laughs> that was very fun. So, Let's go to New Orleans. If you haven't watched the episode in a while, quick bit of recap here. First, we start off back in time with the introduction of the brain and Monsieur Mbala. Very excited for that after three yeah. seasons. We'll talk about that in a moment. But they recruit a dude named, what is it, Gargux? Gargwax. Gar Gargwax. Right? To kill Rita, specifically, Gargax the Decimator, he instead ends up on vacation for decades as they don't show up at his Sweet location. Gig. He doesn't hear from the Brotherhood of Evil. Ultimately, he finds out that Niles stopped the Brotherhood of Evil and goes into a depressive funk, only for the Doom Patrol to take a vacation where he's staying, ultimately befriend him, and he is about to give it up when he gets a signal and ends up killing all of them by the end of the episode. We also Whoa. get a... Hold on. We get a sneak peek return of Michelle Gomez's character who briefly turns into Rita Farr before locking them in a room where they all die. That's a so fun twist. Lots of stuff to unpack there. Meanwhile, Larry is off on a space trip of his own that ends abruptly and confusingly with seemingly the negative spirit gone. So lots of stuff happening in this episode. Before we get to it really briefly, I wanted to touch on uh, Pete. I went back and watched the post credits for the last episode. Me too. You were, you described it correctly. <laughs> Thank you. Nailed it. What did you Pete? expect to see? Gold star. I don't know, honestly. Uh, gold star <laughs> for Pete. Huge Vic. Yeah. There you go. Uh, should we start off talking about the huge well, Vic of this episode? First, Vic, a.k.a. No. Cyborg? Well, I think no. Pete's been such a good boy because he paid attention last time. I think it's really his. Pete gets to choose. He Thank gets you. to be the ice cream prince of the day. He gets to choose what we do. Great. So let's take it back to the very beginning. So we're getting this previously on with the new logo, you know, which is great. It makes me happy because we're still having fun with the show. We're still kind of doing some unique things. Very exciting. But we're now definitely not getting the DC uh, flip. The DC Looky Lou. I don't know what uh, the original name was, it's but it's like it's no longer here. 
It's it's gone. I, I got a little gripe at the beginning. There's a note from HBO Max that says, stay tuned after the episode for an inside look. And then they cut you off mid credits and kick you to the next episode instead of going to whatever that inside look is. Well, then, is, yeah, if you got to kind of go back in and I then know. go to the next look. Come on. But at the, at the end of it, at least we do get the DC logo that then turns into a WB and a donkey. But, uh, I mean, no. It's funny that you don't call that the DC flip, the thing that is actually flipping, versus the DC logo, which does not flip at all. Yeah, well, um, also, you know, it's just, (laughs) there's no homage to the comics, which is the only reason we're all here. So, you know, that's a little bit of an upsetting trend. You know, I, I mean? don't know if you just watched the these two logos that you're talking about, but actually the episode sort of has an homage. The characters, uh, the story, mm-hmm. um, everything that happens, the look. That's sort of an homage to the comics. Yeah, it's inspired. It's a television in show. Yeah. It's actually, I guess the right word is it's a television show about comics characters. Yeah. And it is like, uh, since it is going 24 frames per second, it is their flipping past your eyes very quickly. So it's all kind of like a DC flip. Oh, come on, Pete. You were the ice cream prince a minute ago. No. You did a good job. You were a good boy. I think, I think Pete's ice cream is melted. Right. <laughs> we melted it yeah. very quickly. Well, why don't we start did... off at the beginning? Because I was very excited to see the brain of Miss Yarmala. As I mentioned, they've been teased over the past couple of seasons, but they're classic very weird brotherhood of evil enemies. And of course they're a brain in a can and a giant talking French monkey. And they nailed it perfectly. I was very happy. That's it. Yeah, this was fun. And this season just feels different in general. It's a little, uh, it's a little just out of step. I feel like, or I feel out of step with it because of the nature of the first episode being the continuation of the season finale from the last. And then now we're starting in this episode in such a wildly different place. Um, it, I feel like it's taking me a minute to be like, see where we're where the road ahead mm-hmm. is. And mm-hmm. I, but I think the end of this episode gives us a really strong starting point. Pete, how are you I, feeling about it so far? I agree. I do. Um, uh, yeah, it is. It is different. We don't have this Dorothy kind of centered thing going on. So um, and what's nice is we are kind of settling into this like Niles is dead. Fuck that guy vibe. And it's it's enjoyable. Um, but real quick on that, though, Pete, having watched the post credits from last episode, Niles is one million percent coming back. <laughs> no, he's Kipling dead. I mean, li- literally, literally says whole... the world's not done with you yet. Yeah. Yeah. Which hopefully means you get like two second cameo at some point, but that's it. Um, but this whole episode is just an homage to what a piece of shit Niles is and how nobody cares. Hold on. This is, uh, I agree with you guys that I'm feeling a little out of whack with this season. And I think, Part of it, like you were saying, Justin, is the theme, or actually, I think, Pete, you were saying about the Dorothy of all, it made the theme very clear right from the start of the last season. The theme here is almost like, what do we do now that Niles is God? Like, who's the leader? What is our point? And that puts them very aimless, but it also makes the season feel very aimless at the same time because they don't have a central conflict, a central thing that they need to do. So the thing that I think is interesting that I wanted to respond to what you were saying, Pete, is yes, they're all like, screw Niles, forget Niles. But 
they're always talking about Niles and they don't know what to do constantly. without Niles constantly. So that is his presence is felt there and there's nothing that's gone into that gap yet. So ultimately I think that is going to be the theme of like, who's going to step up? Are they all going to step up? up? And we do get that wonderful moment towards the end of the episode where they're all dancing together to forever young, which I think points yeah. to we're all together in this and then they die. So we'll see what happens next. Well, I think it, you know, Rita did get the key, so if somebody's going to step up, if Niles only trusts Rita, it seems like maybe Rita is going to be the key to lead this team. Well, it's a little tricky because so many of the characters' problems uh, are about inactivity. It's about mm-hmm. like having knowing sort of what you have to do to be better and not being capable of doing it. And that's hard to build drama, oh, dramatic stories fuck. around. So, like, I think that's that's why I wish we had an outside idea. Here's what I would have pitched if I uh, was putting together this season. Um, after Niles is gone, each episode is a different one of them stepping up to lead mm-hmm. and having it being a disaster in a, per- a way particular to them. Um, we that might see been that. A nice we way. don't know. We, we might see that. We Maybe we're going to get that. there. They're all don't, dead. So don't I be feel peeking like, ahead, man. Yeah, it's I just Larry think- now for the rest. Uh, I, I don't want to spoil too much, but they're all dead, including Niles. And it's Willoughby, Niles' head, and Larry, who are the team for the rest of the season. Wow. Love it. What a strong choice. Favorite things. Yeah, what a strong choice. Yeah. I heard a rumor in season four they're going to change the name to Willoughby and the Head. Mm, it's weird because show. of Umbrella Academy. Anytime someone says, I heard a rumor, I, I get like a chill. I, I have the same thing. Yeah, not the same thing. Well, look at you two. Oh, we I got same Z's. I just, uh, I just kind of realized I'm mad at myself because um, I forgot to mention in our Batman review uh, that their Catwoman put a cat in a little cat suitcase and put it on the side of her bike, and I didn't bring it up to Justin, and I was super upset at myself. Too many. I'm uh, definitely cutting out this part. <laughs> that's a reference. That's not just a reference to a podcast that we recorded today that will be out of date. That's a reference to our Riverdale podcast, which is wildly different from this one. You're not now. I'm gonna leave it. But that cat suitcase <laughs> is Justin has brought cat suitcase. Stop talking about the, this. Like the this is too many. You're crossing the, the streams like, too much. I can't you get away from cat no suitcase. Lessons. You learn no look, lessons from Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters is one of your crumbs. favorite movies. The only lesson anybody learns from Ghostbusters is don't cross the streams. Pete. <laughs> Let's talk through some of the specific characters Because they all do go on arcs Why don't we start with Cliff uh, Because he has a pretty clear arc going on here His body is freezing There's a suggestion that he might have Parkinson's Yeah Which is kind of ominous And he spends most yeah. of the episode trying to climb a ladder What do you think about what's going on with Cliff? Well, first of all, going on amazing Pete, Amazing Cliff app is always the whole thing where he's frozen and uh, Jane uh, turns into Hammerhead and punches him and he's like, yeah, bounces right up from being punched across the lawn was such a fun moment. And the whole setup of like, oh, look at Backbone. Nobody do that. They kill themselves. And it just being this thing that Cliff has to do. Um, but I do like this idea of like, you know, even if you are, a you know, a, 
just a brain and a giant robot. Like it's, you got to talk to some people. You got to work some things out. You know, it's uh, it's not all easy, and you know, new things pop up. So it's like the fact that Cliff's kind of refusing to kind of deal with that. And I understand Niles is dead, and he thought he was the one person that can help him, but that's not true. They got to find a new kind of way around that. So, um. I, I think it's I loved how over eager of a dad Cliff was. Helicopter thought, dad. Yeah, I thought that was a really fun thing for Cliff and it driving them insane and thought like great excuse to kind of get him out of there. Um but yeah, I'm I'm excited for Cliff finding that balance with his family because I think that he still can uh be a big part of their lives and uh I hope that for Cliff. Yeah. Uh, Cliff has a real I don't want to go to the doctor mentality that really (laughs) matches a lot of people in my extended family. So I definitely Mm -hmm. hear the like, I have this horrible problem, but I'm not going to do anything to fix it. Uh, (laughs) Find if half my body's broken. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I don't want a doctor to tell me what to (laughs) do. I'll just crack open a Labat Blue, which is my uh, doctor's appointment. It's a cure-all. I do think it's a good place to put Cliff, though. It's a good, interesting conflict for him and ultimately something that's very unexpected, but plays on physically what he is actually like, which is very cool. Uh, Mm -hmm. Why don't we talk about Jane next? How about that? Because she's dealing with the aftermath of her victory in the underground. She seems to be working really nicely with Kay in particular, which I thought was cool and different to see. Um, uh, Go ahead, Pete. Yeah, just super adorable. I love the whole kind of like... Uh, Jane discovering her at that kind of lookout place and she's kind of like checking out what the outside world is like and then her excitement about a vacation that like then Jane immediately turns in is like okay fuck wads don't you ruin for this for me it was such a fun place to put Jane and to kind of have her be a part of this thing in that way I do like it a lot better when her and Kay are getting along and able to communicate it. Um, but yeah, Jane's still got a long way to go, but it's uh, it was a great use of her in this episode for sure. Yeah. I thought it, I mean, we've seen Jane go through maybe the most of all these characters. Um, so I feel like she needed the break um, more than anyone. And to see her be the first to get up and dance at the end, I thought it was nice. Well, it was um, Kay. Kay kind of kind of led the way, but yeah, it was cool. I love the way they all kind of joined each other in that dance. It was super sweet. That was great. I'm gonna go ahead I and love that. throw Jane and Kay into the same person bucket. Hmm, They're weird. the same, right? Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, no, no, no. I think Pete is right that Kay was the driving force behind it because you see her dancing first and then Jane picks it up. But uh, you're also right, Justin, because it is (laughs) they are the same person bucket. Yeah. I guess we're all right. Yeah, Except for Alex. <laughs> yeah, I'm wrong. Let's talk about Cyborg because um, we're, I'm still very weirded out by his storyline that seems to be kind of dangling from last season. There's got to be an episode with Ronnie coming up because it feels like uh, maybe this is where you're supposed to emotionally be with Cyborg at this point, but it feels like a breakup where somebody just ghosted you. And you're like, wait, where did they go? Yeah. Wait, wait, what's going on? What happened? No, but I, wait, they turned they turned off my internet. My ex turned off my internet, and now I don't have internet. Yeah, but it's more. Now than my that. eyes are blue. It's this thing of like, um, you know, Cyborg kind of getting this understanding of a uh, you know things not being so black and white, things being very shady and. 
him trying to look at that and then got shut down and then him calling his dad and his dad was like, you know, you got to lay low. You fucked up like you're on tape doing a bunch of horrible things. So like uh, him kind of getting benched in that way and forced into the vacation is an interesting place for Cyborg because of like. Even Vic, you know, has a kind of uh, or Cliff and Vic have a moment where Cliff's like, yo, man, you're not technology. That's not a personality. You know what I mean? Like you have to kind of figure things out on where you stand or what you're going to do, because he's kind of like playing both parts. He's like, no, I'm a good guy, but oh, I'll help her out. But then I got in trouble. So that, you know, like either fucking you're going to be on the wrong side and kind of fight from within or you're kind of going to be a good guy. So it's a, it's just interesting kind of back and forth with Vic. It doesn't uh, bother me as much, I guess, as it's bothering you. Well, it's just a weird path to get him to this place of having to get step back from his crutch of the, of grid and actually be a person. Like he was the one that was sort of, he was the last to join the dance and sort of the least, comfortable with it i feel like and uh makes sense it's not his thing letting go and being free like he's the one who wants to get in a fight with uh with gargwax and it's just like let's go go gargo yeah Uh, it was fun when cliff was like sub garg sub cliff i felt like cliff probably shouldn't have gone into a steam room that seemed like a bad idea for a robot guy it did did seem well it was a sauna i think it was a dry sauna so it's a little bit better than walking into a full-on um, Still, Gargo steams it when he gets in yeah, there, right? I guess I don't know how these things work. A sauna works? Yeah, never, not familiar. You've never been in a sauna? No, I've been in a sauna, but I assumed like that creates steam, right? Like he's taking the water and he's putting it on the coals and it's steaming up the place? Yes, but a dry uh, steam room um, mm-hmm. is just all moisture in the air and it's okay. like intense. While a dry sauna is dry and then you pour a little bit of water on the rocks and then it steams. And it gets even hotter briefly. Ooh. Still bad for a robot. I'm just going to throw that out there. I don't yeah, nothing good. Nothing good for a robot. Why don't we? Yeah, Justin we talk? really lives a, a nice life outside of our podcast. I'm not even. I don't. Like, I don't even. I like a dry sauna. I used to go to the sauna at the, the YMCA on Atlantic Avenue in Brooklyn. I if someone put a bullet or a fucking gun to my head and was like, explain the difference between a steam room and a sauna, I would be like, just pull the trigger, <laughs> sir. I don't. I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> I don't even want to. Try to do this? Yeah. If somebody put trigger. a bullet in me and then asked about a sauna or a steam room, I'd be like, can you just take me to the hospital? You shot me. Not. I don't want to answer your questions anymore. You already shot me. Let's talk about Rita. I thought the stuff with her was great here. Uh, I thought her melting would, into a, just being carried around in a sack. Then she turned into a dress yeah. very nicely. It was very The fun. slip into the um, dr- the dress, the bag dress, just perfect. Oh, really great. And that's I'm preparation. You she want to talk about like functional style, like the fact that, you know, it was started off as a bag, but then became I mean, that's just I don't know what fashion people are doing right now, but I, they should see that and just be like, OK, this is the direction we all need to go in. Because if how I great could just slip be? into my backpack and yeah. let that cover my naked body, I'm here for it. If I could jump into a backpack and then use it as a backpack or have clothes or some kind of half and half, it'd be a pretty sweet deal. Yeah, I wish I could wear my backpack as clothes and then carry my books around in like you know, a pair of jeans. Yeah, that'd be great. 
I liked her storyline, though, and like a lot of the folks in this episode, she is all refusing the call. She's still not wanting to do what she's supposed to doing to the point that she melts into a pot and just sits there the entire time. I also loved when her blob body is sitting at the table. There's a long, twisty straw going all the way into her blob sack. Uh, That was very fun. Just a fun little detail there. I love the straw work in this episode for sure, because there's nothing like making a long bendy straw for your uh, alcoholic uh, beverage. I'll tell you what, the worst thing about COVID is the lack of scorpion bowls. I don't think I've shared a scorpion bowl with anybody for the past couple of years, but those are dangerous. You should really be careful with those. Yes. You just they wander around sweet. scorpion bars, just asking strangers, and like, hey, hey, hey you got yeah. an extra room for my straw in there? I want to share one? <laughs> They're kind of expensive on my own. Uh, I did go to a tiki bar before a comedy show at the San Francisco Sketch Fest one year, and mm. we kept ordering scorpion bowls. Like, it was kind of this one-up joke where we got a scorpion move. bowl, and we shared it. And then somebody was like, another scorpion bowl? And we're like, let's do it. And I think by the time we had to do the show, we had... had Six scorpion bowls. Oh, no oh way. God. You can't even walk after six. I I never, never drink before a show, never do anything like that. And this was like, I yeah, I could barely walk. We were giggling and laughing the other time, but the audience liked it, so it didn't matter. I don't think so. I think they were politely. No, I loved it. it. They were like, look at these five drunk idiots <laughs> around us. I don't know which one of these guys' jokes. name is Larry, but I don't get it. Yeah, it sucks. I know. I'm so glad that we stay stone cold sober before, during, and after all of our shows. Absolutely. Good Absolutely. Point. <laughs> Every Good point. time. Because we respect um, the, the medium. Well, let, I, have a, I have a question about Rita. Now, the, this episode in Gargwax and Samuelson, uh, uh, it's built around like an alarm going off when Rita arrives or becomes da- too dangerous that they have no, to stop. No, no, not when it re- it's – the reveal is it's Madam Satan who's the real threat. Uh, Michelle Gomez. Well, that's my question. Did that alarm go off because she arrived there or did that alarm go off because Rita started, you know, when she was started dancing, she started made her first step on the path to becoming like a real force as it's because uh, Madam X is there. It's because that uh, Michelle Gomez, Michelle Gomez turns into Rita for a second. And that's who they're supposed to kill Mm. is that alien on that kind of like drill ship and not poor Rita who is just a lovely person. I think that's a good reading of it, Pete. I didn't necessarily pick up on that, but I do. what I had taken away from it was there was that actual call from the Brotherhood of Evil or something like that. Like, they had gone underground, but maybe they're coming back in some way. But I like Mm. your interpretation better, Pete. No, because the box was only supposed to alarm when the evil Rita was was there, and Rita had been there the whole time. No alarm, no nothing, and that's what uh, Garg pointed out. And then when the ship lands, the fucking box goes crazy. But why is Michelle Gomez wearing Rita's face? Because she's been reading whoever faces she reads. She copies it. It's kind of like a clay face so situation. You're saying, you're saying that alarm was built around that moment right there that we saw where Michelle Gomez is briefly Rita. And no. that's the whole. So then I, well, I, I this just, is here. Let me explain it. So the the alarm is supposed to. When that evil alien presence is there. But at some point, someone took a picture of the evil alien after she saw Rita. So that's why it's a picture of Rita. 
So you're saying Michelle Gomez is going to be Rita going forward? I got to be honest, Pete, the more you talk, the less I'm believing this theory. Yeah, that's what I'm <laughs> saying. I'm bored and then you oh, lost man. me. I think that's Rita's headshot. Also, the alarm goes off before the drill sh- shows up, right? No, so yeah. I don't think they're necessarily related. If anything, I got to go back to my theory, which is the Brotherhood of Evil is back. We're going to see uh, Monsieur Mala and the brain again in some capacity, and they're going to go up against them by the end of the season. I think my theory is right, which is that Rita is about to make some big steps forward and become the danger that the um, the, the Brotherhood of Evil was always trying to destroy her for. Well, I think my theory is right that you should just do a bunch of butt drugs and then watch all the LT scenes because that space stuff was really tripped out and a lot of fun. <laughs> Let's talk about the Larry thing and ignore what Pete just said. I did think this was really good in terms of the showdown, particularly between Larry and the negative spirit in the body of the scarred Larry. But I am curious about what this means for Larry going forward, because he is suddenly back on Earth. He seems to be missing the negative spirit. Why is he so confused? The the light being was like, yo, man, this is my home. I got to go talk to my family real quick. I'm going to drop you off at Earth. I'll catch you in a minute. Like, how was that hard? Why is Larry being like, "Eh, are you there? What's going on? You know what's going on, man. Yeah, but Pete, he's had this roommate for a long time. Like, if you had a roommate for a long time, then you're like, yo, where'd you go? I thought you were just running to the store and you were going to bring back a sixer of Labat Blue. We're going to have us a night, a doctor's appointment. And then (laughs) your roommate doesn't come back and there's no sixer? Yeah, but no if you were listening, beat. if you were actually listening to your roommate instead of when they leave, just going, uh-huh, and then like you envisioning that you know, what actually was said was the light being brought you to the home was like, yo, that's where I live. I fucking, I'll check you in a minute and was nice enough to drop you back off. Didn't have to fly him all the way back to the mansion. It was super cool to do that. It reminds me of when you and I lived together and I was sort of your negative spirit. <laughs> also on this podcast, I guess. A couple of lines that I wanted to call out <laughs> that I thought were particularly good. I love the line, it's a useless sack of shit, referring to Rita. Yeah. That was a yeah. nice burn. Also the line, burn. a vacation for what? We don't do anything. Yeah. That was pretty good as well. Um, and I'm very curious to know what's going on with Michelle Gomez's character. It's really weird, and there's so many different elements happening, but it feels perfectly Doom Patrol. It also feels like, if I'm wrong about the Brotherhood of Evil coming back, maybe Michelle Gomez is the ultimate enemy that they're going to have to fight at the end of the season in some capacity. That's what I think. Yeah. That's or what I think. It seems like they got to uh, talk to the secretary because she books a vacation place that uh, hasn't been a good vacation place in a long time. You know what I mean? Like, what was she thinking? Yeah. Well, that's what I'm talking about with all of the, the plot and this episode and the idea of the Rita thing, it feels like there's potentially some time travel or destiny stuff happening here because why would they go there on vacation? Why would Gargwax know to be there at this moment unless there's someone messing with Mm. the time stream? Yeah. I Um, like that. Uh, Wait, I had a quick question for you guys. I don't remember whether we discussed this earlier. The backbone, right? The big Mm -hmm. ladder that Cliff has to climb, that doesn't seem that difficult. Are you fucking out of your mind? It's just a ladder. Oh, my God. A very tall ladder. Have you ever ever (laughs) do that rope climb thing in gym class? Did you ever have to do that? Much harder to climb than ladders. I agree. 
But the more you climbed up the rope, the harder it got because you're fucking climbing straight up, and it's a fucking tough thing to do. Well, but ladders are uh, the same. Our ladders are more like stairs, and I don't think you're like, hoof, these stairs. If I don't you know if had I'll to make go it. up a lot of stairs at once, yeah, you might have to stop and rest yeah. because you're like, hey, this is a lot at once. A fucking ladder that just goes straight up would be a little tough. Ladders mostly go straight up, though, oh right? right? Yeah, but if it's fucking really high, it would. Oh, I, you know what? So what you would you consider thought, a high ladder? Like how many? That. How many rungs? How many rungs? You feel like that ladder? I think high. that's over five stories. I'm gonna say is high, bro. Five stories. Five stories. That was that like twenty was, feet in the air. No, no, that Come thing on. was up there. Two that stories is what I'm giving them. Yeah, tops. No way. So you looked at that thing called the Empire the back, State Building. You you looked at the backbone thing and you were like, piece of cake. That's easy. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. 100%. Yeah, what are you guys, a bunch what, of you were like, that's too, What about the the maze that Jane went through where you were like, that's insurmountable. I'll never solve that. <laughs> she cheated. <laughs> she did. She yeah. kicked the stones. Yeah. All right. Why don't we, any other moments from the episode you want to call about? A couple things. Um, I love the montage of them all doing well. Cliff climbing, Jane in the maze, Vic being like sort of fine with not having service. Rita sucking at pottery. Yeah, Rita doing a a one-woman version of Ghost. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we flip it and Cliff seizes up. Cyborg smashes the phone. Rita can't shape the clay. Um, That was a cool sort of – that's when I was like, I see. This is what this is about, and it all made sense. Um, I also want to shout out the scene between uh, Gargwax and Cliff in the dry sauna. Yeah. Um, That's what the dry sauna scene we're talking about here. I was like – when they're both like – when they're like, fuck Niles Calder, I was like, Pete is the (laughs) third person in this scene saying (laughs) the same line at the same time. Yeah. That was really a lot of fun, but also – uh, Garg, uh, for the first time, he goes to that kind of like vacation resort, makes his entrance and sits down and the shirt guy introduces himself. And then they're all telling kind of like jokes. That was a really fun twist for this kind of like really empowering uh, dude. I thought that was a really cool way to kind of have this alien show some kind of humanity and then come to the realization that like, Hey, if my boss is dead, what are we even doing this for? You know? Yeah. Before we wrap up here, who is most doomed this episode? I, oh, I'll, I also want oh, yeah, to Jane flicked off a uh, cyborg. Be like, we're not a superhero team. That was such a really, really fun. You're going to use that. You're going to use that in real oh, life. Yeah. I'll start yeah, off. Wait, with do you mean, I... do you mean cyborg or fish fucker? Cause that's sort of what is. There's a whole theme going on here. Cyborg translates as fish fucker. And then there's that line from the Peacemaker finale where Aquaman shows up and uh, they call him fish fucker as well. So they could have called him Cyborg. I'm going to work on that and I'll take it back again. That didn't really All right, cool. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Made a little more sense in my head. The one that I'll throw out as most doomed is everybody but Larry because they're dead. R.I.P. Doom Patrol. Justin, what about you? Who's most doomed? Yeah, I mean, things are not looking good. I mean, Cliff feels the most doomed to me right now. He's uh, the Parkinson's conversation was sort of too real and it scared me for his future. Yeah. Pete, do you want to say he's most doomed or you're just Uh, saying that? Yeah, I'm going to say uh, Niles is most doomed because he's dead and I am fucking loving it. 
Oh, man, you're like Dracula, dead and loving it. If yeah. you'd like to support this podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast on YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Doom Patrol, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Comic Book Live on Twitter, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. And now, before we go, a piece of advice from Pete LePage. Hey, listen, if you ever meet somebody and they actually know the difference between a steam room and a sauna, run, because they're a fucking psychopath. (laughs) (laughs) Or just know how to pamper themselves on a day off.